Back in a rhythm. That's how I feel right now. It's the Sleepers Podcast. This is Tuesday's episode. We're recording Monday night to have it ready in your feeds. First thing in the morning, Tuesday morning. Uh, Carter, you look a little more chipper than the last time I saw you. Is it because you have a men's league game in like 45 minutes? Uh, no, it's because I've actually uh, decided to take more of a downer to make sure that I'm okay in life. I had to be prescribed some very serious stuff because of Michigan State basketball. So you taking a downer now has you being more up? What is what is this? A, a, an interrogation? <laughs> I just am not quite sure. I just see a little pep in your step. You're like, yeah, I'm taking downer. <laughs> oh, I did, oh, I I had no clue that I was I was looking up. I thought I was looking down. That's on me. You opened the show with like hand rolls. I was I was just showing you. I was just showing you. I got rhythm. Okay, they say check on your friends. That's all I'm here to do. Uh, the easel still looks great for the record. Hey, uh, three topics tonight I'm excited to get into. We mentioned it on this morning's show or this afternoon's show, but uh, this week's going to be a little unorthodox because it's exam week. There's not a lot of great basketball games on. There's a great slate on Saturday. So we'll be dropping a lot of Saturday previews throughout the week starting on Wednesday. Be prepared for that. The Heat Check boys are all in on it. They're signed up for some. So uh, we'll keep those rolling. Be prepared for those. But in the meantime, you're going to have Sleepers Podcast episodes in the morning again, which is exciting. Uh, and for this episode, Cart, there's some people doing some dumb things. That's what we're going to talk about for our three topics today. Uh, and we also do dumb things here on the Sleepers Podcast, which is why people get to call us out in the comments. What's your YouTube comment of the day? Uh, my YouTube comment of the day is actually one as I'm going to put into a topic or a, a conglomerate of YouTube comments, one might say. Mm. Uh, a lot of comments surrounding the Illini fan base and Coach Underwood because we brought up his name. It's kind of a fun get him to Michigan State eventually or get him to Michigan eventually, something like something along those lines. One. We can do that because we did. Two, I understand what you're saying, Illinois fans. Illinois has won a lot of Big Ten games over these past couple years. But let's make something unequivocally clear. Brad would leave y'all if he had a chance for a higher paying and a better opportunity. Okay? He ain't. He's not in the lifer category. He will not end his days in Champaign. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, I think people's dispute with us was the schools we were discussing when we named Brad. Okay, but at the same time, let's let's just relax a little bit here. You know, it's not little little too too much like Brad will never leave us energy. It's a little speculation, right? Yeah, just like yeah. He, I think he might. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, am I allowed to do my thing where I read comments also again? Yes. Uh, so I was cracking up at some of the comments on our Michigan video, but I, I don't think there's ever been a YouTube comment that has summarized us better than this comment from Drew Conlin. He says, this is entirely speculative. In short, a waste of time, dot, 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 dot. But it's entertaining. Hey. Nailed it, Drew. <laughs> Nailed it, my friend. I mean, that's that's like our mission statement. Uh, and then, by the way, I I don't think we uh, I don't think we lied about that. I think we opened the video by saying, "Hey, this is going to be a lot of speculation. We're we're not reporting anything. We're talking about it." Uh, with that said, I think everything we said was accurate. And I I sent you one that I screenshotted that I thought was hilarious. From uh, this is from Ellen Trick, also on the Michigan video it says, "Greg is pretty lit. It's too bad. 
I really like the banter, but this was tiring. I hope he's okay. So I just want to let Ellen know I am okay. I also dispute the fact that I was pretty lit. Um, I mean, I I took a shot in the video, and I definitely Wait, I, I, was... I thought she meant like pretty light. Like, hey, you lit? Like you're like you're, you're. No, I think she's implying like I have a drinking problem. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, I don't. I don't have a drinking problem. For the record, water tonight. I got a beer. Hey, hey, just keep that same energy, Ellen. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Okay, let's go to the Discord where we only have one comment today. This is less our Discord's fault and more our fault for the timing because we recorded today's episode so late. And a lot of our comments come in uh, at the end of the night usually. But only one comment today from Booby who says, what does the potential of Naquan Tomlin going to Memphis do for that team? In my opinion, I think he is an upgrade to Nick Jordan, who has already been really good. I think it does great things for Memphis. I really like Naquan Tomlin as a player. I, I thought he was very underrated at Kansas State. Um, he's a versatile guy who can do a lot of things, and I feel like that fits with the Memphis basketball team in a way. Like They have a lot of guys like I point to David Jones. I think it's a guy who can do a lot of things and fill up, fill the basket up. Uh, Naquan Tomlin is a guy who has length, athleticism. He can shoot it, put on the floor a little bit when he's guarded by bigger players. He's a good player. I think it would add something to uh, add a, add a, a, a large positive to Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, I like Tomlin. I think he's a good player. I think we saw this in the NCAA tournament last year. Like he, he was never the scouting report guy that you circle with Kansas state, but all of a sudden you look up and if Tomlin's having a good game, you're like, he's the one that's killing us, even though we're worried about Noel and Johnson. So I think that Memphis is honestly a really good fit because of that, because to me, I feel like they have a lot of guys like that where it could be a different guy every single night. They're all old. They all can shoot. They all kind of play desperate almost like this is Tomlin's last stand in college basketball. If he ends up in Memphis and I would really like that fit. I think it would help him also to just shout out Booby for a second. Uh, not to not to dox our guy Booby at all, but Booby's incredibly knowledgeable. That's that's all I want to say. Like I feel like if I, from what I know about Booby, I'm very impressed that my man just like is whipping out like real thoughts on every single team in the country and all these players in the country. It's impressive. Well, you know why that is, right? Why? Uh, because I I don't know this for a fact, but I have an inkling. Booby is the son of a college basketball coach. Wait a second, what? Yeah, Booby is Discord Trilly. Are you making this up, or is this is there real evidence toward this? It's I just got a feeling that he's a he's a college basketball head coach's son. A specific coach, or no? No specific coach yet. I'm still diving oh, into okay. this. Still I a thought theory. That was, I thought that was like very pointed that like you know the coach and you're you're gonna. At first, I thought he was Mike Bray's son, but then I looked up Mike Bray's family tree and it doesn't it doesn't line up. So I'm still on the search. Okay, I like that theory a lot. Uh, I I would love to get to the bottom of this with Booby, but uh, keep the comments coming, Booby. You're you're a valued member of our community. If you want to become a valued member of our community, click the link in the description of every single video that we do. It's $9.99 a month. Sign up on a desktop so that you get the best deal. We have 88 paid members right now. Uh, We would love to get across the 100 threshold. We got to get through 91st, but we would love to get across the 100 threshold. All right, we have three topics to get to. It's going to be a shorter show since we didn't have a lot of comments today, but that's fine by us. Because it's a shorter show, though, I want to start with a bonus fourth topic, Cart. 
Hey. Hey. This. Shohei Otani. The contract is insane. So if you haven't seen this, Shohei Otani signed uh, basically a $70 million annual contract, but he is deferring the money so that he's going to take $2 million a year for essentially the next decade. And then for a period of years, long after he's done playing baseball, he's going to make the other $68 million a year. Like this, this has happened in baseball before. I forget the guy's name. I think he was on the Mets, where he's still getting paid like a lump uh, sum. Oh, come on, not Bobby Bonilla. Come on, Bobby now. Bonilla. That's my bad. Okay, not a baseball guy usually, but like, it, it, I mean, a legend. So like, this is a legendary move for arguably the most legendary athlete of our times. But my question to you is this: If you were Shohei Otani, do you defer the money? You, in no circumstances, in any walk of life, whether it be here podcasting, whether it be as a criminal, whether it be a Shohei Otani, ever defer money. Tomorrow is not promised. We never defer. I don't even like deferring kickoffs in Madden. I hate the word defer. And you don't defer money, ever. That's in the Bible of Carter Elliott. That's the that is, that is that is one of the thirty four commandments that I was raised on of Carter Elliott is do not defer. I need an actual graphic of your thirty four commandments, and I need that out by tomorrow. Not to okay. give you homework, but okay. I I need that, and I need to know where never defer money lands on the list. I'm glad that's where your head is at, though, because that was mine. Like no no disrespect to Shohei, this is a legendary contract. It's a legendary move. It's an unselfish move that helps his franchise. I get all that shit, but like, what if the world doesn't exist in 2034? Like, right. I I feel like it's not worth any, like, I don't even know if this results in him making more money. I don't really get how it works, to be honest. Not a math guy, not an econ guy. But I can tell you this, uh, having a decade of time to spend with millions and millions more dollars is infinitely more valuable than whatever he's getting waiting 10 years for this. They get, they get to the franchise gets 10 years of making money off this dude. (laughs) So the fact where they're going to probably pay off his own contract is the first year of his contract in bobblehead sales by the first three years. I just don't get it. Like my guy Shohei, 29 years old. He doesn't want to live his thirties with this money. Like That's crazy. My, my man has to be 45 cash in the check. Like, dog, man. this is this, this is the golden era show. Hey, I don't get it. Didn't he just get hurt too? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like my my dog. You're he's playing a game. Years. You're playing a game where a, a ball is thrown at a thousand hundred miles per hour every single play and could possibly come and hit you in the face. What are we doing here? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, okay, some quick counterpoints. It is about the taxes. Because he's not going to have to pay California state taxes by the time he's out of California when he's done playing. So that's a cop out. Okay. I mean, it makes sense, but still, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, and then that, somebody that's, that's the you only watch box score of econ right there. <laughs> so that's econ box score. Yeah. That's like, oh, you're just a box score watcher. You didn't, that, that's like a, that's a Lance Jones type take right there. Somebody said uh, it's it's all about just being a hero to his franchise. He, he's walking in the door day one as a Dodger hero being so unselfish. 
He's a hero for going there in the first place. <laughs> what? Are you what? Nobody's nobody's more proud of him. Nobody's buying his jersey because he gave him a sixty-eight million dollar annual pay cut. No, no. Honestly, if I'm a Dodgers fan, I'm a little upset. No killer okay. instinct out of our star player. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, I so I was gonna say this. I think this is a lame move by Shohei doing this once he got to the Dodgers when he hasn't been doing it on the Angels. Because the Dodgers don't need your help signing more talent right now, Shohei. Like, you're, it's the Dodgers. You're on the team with Mookie Betts and the rest of these dudes. Like, that, that you are the talent. They don't need to sign more talent. You're the talent they needed to sign. The Angels needed to sign more talent, my guy. They had you and Mike, and they had nothing else. So, like, why why was he not willing to do this for a team that needed it now before the Dodgers? Also, this isn't like a like-for-like type thing. Why isn't every other team in baseball throwing out, like, a, a, a $1 billion contract and be like, you know what, let's just get this MFR in the door for the first 10 years, pay him two mil, promise he'll get $100 million after that. And just get him in the door and get 10 years out of him. And hopefully you win. Hopefully you bring in lots of money from winning because he's that good. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. Maybe from the business side of this, should we be deferring? Like, is there anybody we could defer right now? No. Do you want to respond to the allegations that you currently are deferring me? You are the sleepers finance department and we have had one paycheck where we paid ourselves and uh, I am currently getting deferred. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No comment at this time. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I had one other question on this that uh, I'm I've now lost. Cause I think well, that's so funny. Well, I have one other statement on this um, because we are talking baseball. Let it be known. If I'm getting 10 straight Shohei Otani pitches straight down the middle off fastballs, I'm making contact with one of them. This is the dumbest bit that you do. And you do a lot of dumb bits. We do a lot of dumb bits. This is the dumbest bit that you have ever Who, done. Who's the who's the nicest baseball player we know? <laughs> Shohei Otani. No, 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 no. Honestly, open up your contacts. Fire up Krill's number. Let's get Krill out here. Have him throw me 10 straight fastballs down the middle. I don't and think... I don't think Krill's throwing a fastball these days. That's not his game. That's like asking Madi Sissoko to do a three-point contest. Like, okay, well, do you do we have any baseball players on the line on call on sleepers payroll? I have. Uh, I mean, I have an in to John Smoltz if needed, but again, he's past his prime. Okay, all right, we'll get like romance or something. Why do I feel like Stu Douglas probably has a cannon? I mean, Stu Douglas definitely has a district baseball championship. And I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. Novak, uh, too, honestly. That's that's just one of your worst bits, though. Like, But it's not – okay. We don't got to go off on a team. I truly believe I'm making – I don't think everyone takes it too far. If I nick it, if one inch of the bat <laughs> – the touches the ball. It's the nick word I for me. Win. It's I the, win. It's the you're so proud about nicking it. It's so you love when we get to the point of the conversation where you say, if I nick it, I win. Oh my god. Why 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 don't we just go to a batting cage? Settle it. All right. Okay, let's settle it immediately. Let's go to but the problem is when we make these type of deals or these conversations, we never actually do them. Also, it's cold. 
What does that have to do with anything? You ever hit a baseball when it's cold? In a batting cage, it would be cold? Yeah, it's not an indoor batting cage. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking an indoor batting cage, like Sluggers I, in Chicago. Oh, I've never seen an indoor batting cage. You've never been to Sluggers in Chicago? No. Oh, yeah, we'll go to Sluggers. They got indoor batting cages, a bar. It's great. Sluggers. All right, we're there. All right. Uh, damn, man. I mean, that's it's disappointing. Yeah, um, Shohei's a bag fumbler. That's it. Final words. Never put yourself in a position where anybody owes you $680 million because the people that owe you $680 million would probably love to find ways to not have to pay you that money that could end up being not great for you. So maybe like conspiracy theory here, Shohei, I'm watching my back. That's if I'm Rodgers in year 11, things started getting fishy. You start seeing weird people show up at your door. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm watching the Squid Games challenge right now. I just feel like he's going to, like, wake up in that dorm, you know? Like, do you watch Squid Games? Yeah, also, are you kind of crossing a line here? I feel like you were going to call me out for saying that, but it's just on top of my mind because I'm watching the challenge, the Squid Games challenge right now. I, I didn't I didn't start it yet, no. It's really good. I know. I'm. It, it's on the top of the list of watches right now. We had to finish Riches from Amazon Prime, which is a great show, by the way. Mm. Riches. Shohei Otani. Yeah. It all, it all it all works out full circle okay uh to the actual segments today ah 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 Aaron Torres ah has ah. One, of the, one of the worst takes I've seen in a very long time I feel like car we we don't like to go too antagonistic on a personal level with anyone uh with that said I don't know Aaron Torres and I'm okay with just calling this out for what it is today. It's a horrendous take. He's doing this to clickbait, I believe. If he actually believes this, uh, he's really stupid. That, that's what I'll say. But uh, I again, don't know Aaron Torres. Would love to meet him. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Maybe he would bring some light to this and make me understand where he's coming from. His whole slant here. He uh he had a big rampage a couple of days ago about how unfair it is that Zach Eady gets every foul call. And that Purdue, but we've heard, we've heard this in big 10 circles for years. Normally it's coming from like big 10 message board people that are just angry fans about their team losing to Purdue. Uh, It's bad when, you know, like a national media member has this take and rival fans are defending Zach Eady and Purdue. Like that's how, you know, this is a horrible take, but he, he basically made today's entire episode of his podcast, um, I think it's a podcast, might be a live show. It was all centered around Zach Eady and their foul discrepancy. If you listen to it, he says that Purdue has shot 44 more free throws in their four biggest games of the year. They shot 18 more free throws against Tennessee, 14 more free throws against Alabama. That's not a coincidence. It's not strategy. Yes, Zach Eady is unfairly refereed, implying, again, Purdue is getting an unfair advantage. Do you agree with me that this is the most ridiculous thing you've heard this college basketball season? It It is easily up until this point early on, obviously, just getting the conference play, the worst take of the season. And it's so bad that it is clickbaity. And I feel like he's getting his way. Like there's everyone right now is talking about the stupid clip of Aaron Torres saying what he said. It just it makes absolutely no sense. Uh, the wording of it makes it even worse because he starts it off. What like, this isn't an opinion. This is a fact. Uh, my brother in Christ, not a fact. There's just so many things wrong about it between, uh, I don't know, maybe the fact that the teams that he was playing against that he listed 
don't shoot inside the two-point line as much as Purdue does, and they don't have a 7'4", 300-pound efficient monster in the middle as well. I'd like to steal uh, a little tidbit from our good friend, Connor Hope. So people have been watching the the recaps and previews. Connor's been on a couple of videos. He's with Heat Check. He says, you, had, you had to drop the our good friend? Yeah. I mean, Connor actually is our good friend, but is Aaron Torres also our good friend? <laughs> no, nah, Aaron, Aaron Torres is, I don't, I don't know what he is. Okay. Ain't, ain't, my, ain't my boy, ain't my friend, ain't my compadre. He needs to get his life together. But here it is. Facts. Zach Eady gets fouled a lot because he's 7'4", 300 pounds with good footwork and one of the most efficient shots in the paint of any player in the country. That is unequivocally a fact. Also fact, Purdue's opponents attempt just 29% of their shots at the rim, 19th lowest rate per hoop math, where Edie does most of his defensive work. So, of course, he isn't going to foul a ton, especially when he's one of the best vertical contest bigs in the country, which is fact. No one is better at not fouling on the defensive end than Zach Edie. Zach Edie doesn't get enough foul calls if we're keeping it an absolute buck, all right? Because, one, big men and stripes don't get along. Seven, four big men who are efficient and 300 pounds and are mobile and have good feet definitely aren't going to get along with stripes because they don't. He gets fouled every single time. He truly does. He's a hard player to referee, obviously, because of his size, but it has nothing to do with it being an unfair advantage to Purdue. That's just a, it's that's just wrong. It's not up for argument. It's unequivocally false. I, you said uh, big men and stripes don't get along. I, I heard the hurt in your voice when you say that. I feel like there's some history there. We, I mean, it's just, it's it's sizeism. It's true sizeism. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I I criticized Matt Painter when he came out and had the quote last week of like, it's really stupid. You don't understand basketball if you say that, right? I thought he was being defensive. That was dumb. Now I get it. <laughs> this is what Matt Painter was talking about when he said it's really stupid. You don't understand. Like, Aaron Torres is being really stupid. He doesn't understand how this works. He doesn't understand fouls. He doesn't understand how basketball works. The good players usually get fouled because they get to the line because they're driving the action, let alone someone of the physical stature of Zach Eady. He's a force the, the sport has never seen. There's nobody who can guard him without fouling him. Even if you send a double team, the only way to stop him is to foul him. Evan Miyakawa, I hope I'm not spoiling this, but he, he has numbers that he's going to share. I think he's launching it tomorrow that show Zach Eady's shot attempts are more valuable. They score more points every time Zach Eady takes a shot than any player we've seen in the sport in a decade. Like it's, it, it, you have to foul. That's the only way you can try to combat him. And teams do foul him. It, like, I don't, I'm not going to wade into the waters of like, does he deserve more calls or not? I know he gets fouled a ton and that's why he goes to the line. Torres picking out the Alabama game as his big gripe here is so nonsensical because Alabama shoots a bunch of threes. Like if you watch that game, Torres couldn't even go back and go through the film and give us examples of where guys should have gotten foul calls on Alabama. It doesn't exist. So like his entire argument is flawed. I think he knows it's flawed. I think he's clickbaiting. And I just think it's kind of low. I think it's extremely low. I think he shouldn't be doing this. And I think a lot of people correctly called him out for it. But I don't know. It it still doesn't feel like – like it kind of feels like Aaron Torres won here. And I don't like that. Either do I. And also, like, I'm not uh, a clickbait master. I know you call me clickbait cart. 
But to me, being clickbaity is maybe taking a side of something that could go either way. This is just like wrong. It's not even clickbaity. It's just like wrong. But I guess that creates clicks. I don't know. It's really weird vibes. Well, him him trying to present it as a fact is the funny part. As if like there's just no context to it. Like next, Aaron Torres is going to discover that Purdue has outscored their opponents in eight of nine games. Also, like that's <laughs> oh, it's so there's not a negative correlation to that that has to do with cheating or an unfair advantage. It's happening because they're good. Zach Eadie's drawing fouls because he's good. That's how this works. Like, I can't believe we have to break this down to an elementary level for this guy. But I guess that's where we are. So. Can I spin on this before we move on? Yes. I kind of want to have a take that shakes up the world like this. I need somebody making a video about me. What would your Aaron Torres take be? This is a fun segment. <laughs> we like what we, yeah should we should we wait 24 hours and come back with this as a segment tomorrow of what yeah what, what would your blow the world up aaron torres take? hashtag what would torres do <laughs> all right we're coming back that's tomorrow on the sleepers podcast we will do what would aaron torres do if you were aaron torres that'd be fun okay I can't wait all right let's move on uh to the big 10 misery index i feel like i'm stealing this by the way um that exact terminology. Isn't there like a John L. Smith misery index? Have you ever seen that? I don't think I've seen that, no. It's somebody that I follow from Michigan State Twitter. Let me try really? to Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a thing called the John L. Smith misery index, which is grading MSU football on a scale of just how John L. Smith things go, which is I pretty, mean, it's I, pretty I, funny. I've, I've seen like the Francon scale. Yeah, uh, basically that. But in this is John L. Smith misery index. So I'm stealing the misery index terminology. It's a tribute to you. It's not plagiarism. It's a tribute, John L. Smith. Is it, what is it? What are we naming it? The Dave Warren index? <laughs> we could. What do you? Uh, <laughs> what? How do you want to do the scale for this? You always have problems with my scales. I, I'm fine. Okay. First of all, I got PTSD with any type of scale. Uh, hashtag weight. Hashtag weight issues. Um, but. I want to do like just straight numbers and or like letters. I, I don't I don't need names like I the fact that we were doing like high level Department of Defense level security terrorism terms. I, I, I mean, it's I understand where you're coming from, but can we just do like a straight one to five or one to ten? So you want to do numbers and letters? That's what I heard. No, it, one or the other. Well, you said and or so that opens the door for and. So let's do numbers and letters. So the scale for this is going to be uh, the, 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 do we want to do 10 as the highest or, or five as the highest? Let's do 10 as the highest. Okay. So the scale is this 10 is the most miserable you can be. From there, it's um, 10 A, 8 B. 6, C, 4, D, 2, E. That's the scale. E is the lowest, the least miserable you can be. Numbers okay. and letters. Okay. Okay. So you got that? We feel good? Not necessarily, but let's do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go team by team. We'll go in alphabetical order. I am pulling up a list of the Big Ten teams in alphabetical order, but uh, I believe it's Indiana that is first. No, it's – yes, it's Indiana that's first. No, it's not. It's Illinois. <laughs> Are you sure? 
It's Illinois. Illinois is first. Okay. Illinois. How miserable are they on a scale of 10 to E? 10 to E? Yeah, it's, t- it's 10 to E. You, I feel like you still don't get the scale. I definitely don't, no. <laughs> so instead of 9, it's A. <laughs> Why can't we just do 1 to 10, man? You said letters and numbers. I'm I delivering. made a mistake. That happens every podcast episode. Can we just do 1 to 10? I'm, no, actually, I'm pulling rank. I'm pulling rank. You I'm, can't pull. What does pull rank mean? I don't, I, I don't know. People say it all the time when they want to make a point. Yeah, but that implies seniority. I am older than you. You can pull rank. You're right. Wow, shit. You're going to be able to pull rank whenever you want. Hell yeah, 1 to 10. Damn. Let's go. Also, when I when you said pull rank, I thought you meant like take the guy with 8 points, 14 rebounds, and 6 assists out of the game. Ding. Jab counter. Okay. <laughs> That's 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 great. Uh damn. Okay. Uh I'd be at a I'm at a I'm at honestly I'm at a I'm at a two Illinois fan. What are two. you concerned about at all? What are you miserable about? I feel like just naturally Illinois fans, because of their craziness, are always gonna hold on to some sort of misery unless they make a second weekend, then they'll go to a one. Okay, I'm at a three. Uh, baseline is baseline is one because I don't think they should be miserable at all. Bumped up one because they lost their last game. Bumped up another one because I think deep down Illinois fans know they're not Purdue, and that's in the back of their mind. Okay, I like that. Okay, all right. Indiana, how miserable are they? One to ten. Are we approaching this if we are Indiana fans? Like, yeah. What would what would your misery be if you were an Indiana fan? If I was an Indiana fan and I thought the way they did, my misery index would be probably like a honestly like a four, four or five. So not bad. Yeah, I feel like they're feeling like pretty solid. They're getting Kalel Ware. Obviously, the game against Auburn was a, a setback and they didn't like the way things went down and the rotations and things like that. But besides that, before that, they're still they still set at seven and two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hmm. You're an Indiana fan. I think they are at a five right now. And I think coming into the Auburn game, they were actually at a two. Like, I don't think they were feeling bad at all, but it bumped up three points because they got 30 ball. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's a five for Indiana. All right. Iowa. What's, what's the misery index for the Iowa Hawkeyes? Eight, seven or eight. I think it's a ten. I don't. I don't think Iowa fans are necessarily expected this team to really do much, though. Yeah, but doesn't losing so their last week. I had them as my loser of the week from uh, after dark last night. We had to pick one at the end of the show, and I don't think there's a team in the sport that had a worse week than Iowa. I mean, you lost by twenty five on the road to your rival Iowa State in a non competitive game, and then you went home in a game where everybody would expect like you're gonna get right against a Michigan team that it comes out there in shambles after like, not only did you lose and what you were down 20 in that game to Michigan, but it comes out after the fact that they don't have a coach. Like <laughs> that's gotta be bad. That's a 10. Okay. For me. Yeah. Round up 10. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I don't think it's getting better. I think Iowa fans are coming to terms like this season. But aren't Iowa way. fans always not ever going to be a 10 just because Fran and family. Like, as long as they have that, they're fine. As long as they have Fran and family, they'll be a nine at least. They can't get to ten. It could be that. I don't know. 
I don't know. I guess I don't understand the mentals of Iowa fans, and I never will. My Wolverines, what's the misery index? This is I, this is the toughest one of the game. Why do I feel like you got to do some projecting? It's got to be a 10. It's a 10 because, get, hear me out, it's a 10 because you're losing Doug McDaniel. That's not guaranteed, though. Like, true. Oh, if that's not the case, then then honestly, it might be a – it honestly only might be a four because you might get better without Juwan. Yeah, like the moment I find out Doug is for sure gone, it's a 11. Like, I'm honestly I'm, – I'm warning you now I'm going to need a month. The day that that – this isn't going to be like when you and I were in uh, wherever we were, Houston, on the streets and found out Hunter's transferring. That's – it's not like I need to take a walk. It's going to be like I'm not talking to anyone for a month. And when I come back, I'm going to look like a lot different, like different haircut and issues. Understand. And, yeah. and issues. <laughs> like serious long-term developmental issues. Um, uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, but with that said, right now, he's here. And I have three more months of him. Four more months, in theory. It's like a two. It's a two because I'm ha- I'm if Jawan Howard leaves the program I'm ecstatic. What if there's just like a cloud hanging over the program for like the rest of the year, like Jawan leaving basically? That bumps it up to at least a five for me. Is Doug still playing? Yeah, but he's playing in a toxic environment. The Iowa game was pretty fun. That was as toxic as toxic can get. <laughs> like I don't and know. You put I'm, Iowa, luckily. I'm sticking at a two until uh until it gets worse. We'll see. Okay. Michigan State, misery index. 10. 10, unequivocal 10. <laughs> There's no argument. 10, 10. Uh, it, actually, wait. Yeah, no, 10. Yeah, 10. 10? <laughs> I think it's a 9 because you have Tyson Walker. Okay. I think it's an 11 because I have Tyson Walker. I think it's a 10. That's a fair point. I think it's a 10 the moment Xavier Booker hits the portal. It's a 10. Truly with some ominous things towards that, by the way, uh, Maryland, we're jumping around alphabetically. Now, Maryland. Oh, misery. 10. I'm going to give them a, an eight and a half. Why only eight and a half? I feel like they had a lot of expectations. They're one and one in big 10 play and got the win against Penn state in overtime. Mm, okay. Uh, meet in the middle nine. Maryland, like, we think it's really bad, but we don't know that it's really bad. And if we're meeting in the middle, it's a 9.25. I mean, they're Old Bay, Michigan State. Yeah, pretty much. Except mine, were they, do they have logos in the weight room? Jab counter. I just got to know, like, was Jameer Young, like, you know. No, because that team wasn't even in the facility all summer. (laughs) That's that's fair. Uh, All right. By the way, I'm working on a Michigan State theory that the entire issue for this team is that AJ actually got in shape. Like we need fat AJ back? Yes. That's that's currently my hypothesis with that team. Uh Minnesota, misery index. Low key. Probably like a two. It might be the lowest in the conference. Yeah, it really might be low. I feel like things aren't that bad for Minnesota right now. Vibes are kind of high for them. I think Minnesota fans love what they're seeing. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's two. I think yeah. they're happy, and there's no Patino on their Wait, side. One of, one of those Minnesota accounts tweeted me and watched is like watching both sleepers media is like teams being shambles is bringing me so much joy. And let me tell you, it, it hit me like a semi straight to the chest. I love 
that we have Minnesota fans as like an enemy of ours. Like we, we of our enemies, the Minnesota fans are my favorite by far right now. Like it's a very loving hate relationship. I think at least from our side, uh, with that said, we always have the upper hand because they have to pretend they like PJ Fleck for four months out of the year. Every time Mm -hmm. that's crazy. Like I just, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Truly. Um, Nebraska. Probably low too, like maybe three, because the the home loss to Creighton was bad, but Creighton's really good. But they didn't expect to get blown out like that. I think that hurt a little bit, and they blew the second half against Minnesota. But like bouncing back with a win against Michigan State, like I think it's the first win in like the last seven meetings against Michigan State as well. Really, really good win for them. At the time of recording this, I think their misery index is a one. I think it's the lowest on the scale it could possibly be. They have like cuz fresh off the Michigan State win. Cart, they have eight wins. They're eight and two right now. In 2020, Fred Hoiberg had seven wins on the season. In 2021, Fred Hoiberg had seven wins on the season. <laughs> like this man has gone entire college basketball season. 2022, 10 wins on the season. He has eight wins. He's eight and two. Like, what are they complaining because they lost to Creighton? Like, ah, they're eight and two and they just pieced up Michigan State at home. Like, they're happy right now. It's incredible. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. It's incredible. Uh, who Who's next? I keep clicking out of the page that has everybody. And, oh, Ohio State? Ohio State. What's Ohio State's misery index? No, Northwestern. Northwestern misery index. One. Yeah. Yeah, they're a one. One. You have Buderi's buoy. What are you what are you sad about? That is weird that they're the happiest team in the conference. I'm just happy. I don't, I, I don't even need to see that record. Budarius dons that zero every single game. I'm so happy that Boo gets to go out a winner. What are they? 20, 29 and 13 in their last two seasons of basketball? Like that's hold on. Yeah, you have to go all the way back to March 6, 2022 for Michigan State to have won 29 games. Boo's done it in like a season and a half. Incredible. Uh, okay, Ohio State, misery index. I want to say it's only like a three. Rocky start, starting to play better basketball, maybe rounded up to a five because they blew that game against Penn State, maybe. I think it's a seven just because when we were in the press conference – Everyone in that room strikes me as the type of people that will be miserable, even if they're happy. True. That might be the Buckeye way. Like, I think they're happy. Like a seven, a Buckeye seven is really like a a Spartan two, you know? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Penn State? Penn State. Two? I think it's a baseline eight. Uh, they lost Shrew. I wouldn't get over that for a very long time. Do they care? That they lost Shrew? Yeah. Yeah, that was the only thing they had to be excited about. Yeah. But they can't do they well, do we as a do you think Penn State fans care? So you, you you think it's impossible for Penn State fans to be miserable? Yeah. I think it's impossible for Penn State fans to be miserable because they're not even there. I guess I'll give you that. I'll side with you on this. I guess there are two, but they lost five straight games. Like, it's okay. 
Okay. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to like hear it, the shit ain't fall. Okay. All right. That's a two. Uh, Purdue. Misery index. One. It's got to be like a three. Why? For what? They're one and one in the Big Ten. Oh. They're one and one in the Big Ten. They're game behind Indiana right now. To one. I'll meet you in the middle at two. Would not go above two. It's a two because they're a game behind Indiana. It's a three because Aaron Torres exists today. <laughs> like they, I know people lost a good 90 minutes of their jobs today. Yeah, because of the, of the Torres effect. Yeah, for sure. They're like they had to spend time online dissecting foul calls. That's was Aaron, was Aaron Torres a Yankees baseball player? <laughs> Are you thinking Aaron Boone or Gleber Torres? No, I think there actually was an Aaron Torres Yankees player, and that's who I really thought was making this comment at first. Let's give it a look. I don't believe that's true. Aaron Torres Yankees. Uh, I have college league stats from a relief pitcher named Aaron Torres who went to the John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York, New York. Okay, all right. So I was wrong. You know, I got a little bit too high on my MLB bridges with the Bobby Bonilla effect, and I I, I played outside my game. That's all yeah. me. It's okay. Uh, I think the only one. No, we have two left. Rutgers. Rutgers. What's their misery index? I think Rutgers has to be like a seven. Zero. Why they have. Two of the top three players in the country coming next year. That's true. That's very true. Yep. You're everything's good. They got Harper. And they, and they just had the rivalry win against Seton Hall. They feel great. They yep. They got Harper. They got Harper. They got the one up over John Panta. They're good. And Pykel's a nice guy. Everybody yeah, loves him. And we love Piscataway. Yeah. Okay. Final one, Wisconsin. What's their misery index? Two. Maybe a, maybe actually, no. Four because they got dog walked by Zona. I don't care if it was at Zona. That has to bump it, the misery up a little bit. I think it would be a one, but it's up to a three because they got thirty piece twenty five. Um, I I think this explains why the Big Ten is so miserable because Wisconsin is one of the least miserable teams there is, and if Wisconsin's not miserable, then everybody else is miserable. I'm sorry. I just blacked out for two seconds, and I just realized that I really let – honestly, Michigan State's issues go all the way back to the fact that DeMar DeRozan took a playoff during a CP3 camp. He took a playoff during a CP3 camp, and Gavoni had his side kick out, and he recorded him stealing the ball from DeMar DeRozan, and he looked skinny. And we've been in hell since. I mean, I guess it's true. Uh, hang in there, Cart. It's okay. All right. I want to talk about John Calipari. He had some comments tonight uh, that I think are very interesting. He wants to play two bigs. That's the quote that's made its way around the internet tonight. Uh, this, of course, is a reference to the emerging Aaron Bradshaw, who has looked really good in limited time. I mean, he had a fantastic game against Penn where he finished with 17 points, led the team in scoring 11 rebounds, three blocks in uh, 29 minutes off the bench. So just another loaded superstar type guy that he gets to put into the mix with DJ Wagner, with Reed Shepard, with Rob Dillingham. We love this team on paper. I don't want to see two bigs. I don't want to go backwards here. Cal has 
had offensive issues when he's trying to load the court with traditional post guys. Um, what makes this team special is they weren't doing that. Obviously, you want a big, but I want one big, and then I want all the special dynamic guys around them. Do you think it's fair to actually be concerned about these comments? My initial reaction is I'm not as concerned as other people are in this situation, I think, because I think that Trey Mitchell can work as a college four. I don't think it makes it as clunky as people are making. Like, you hear two bigs, and you're like, that's clunky. That's not going to work. I think by having Trey Mitchell at the four, it'll work a little bit better than people are leading it on to be. Um, Now, Kentucky's been humming, uh, but basically just wanted the one big in the middle, like Bradshaw surrounded with everybody else. I love the the arrow at the four thing. Like I feel like that works in the college basketball era. The landscape it makes some fun, but I don't. I don't necessarily think it'll look that bad having Trey Mitchell and Aaron Bradshaw on the floor at the same time because I think they fit as a four or five. Maybe, like Trey I... Mitchell. Trey Mitchell can stretch the floor, right? He's a, he's a, he's a, he's not a non factor from three point range. Um. I actually don't know if I've seen Aaron Bradshaw, but I believe he went one for two from three in that Penn game. Mm-hmm. Jumper doesn't look terrible. I mean, I feel like people at least got to somewhat respect it, run out there. Who knows? So I just feel like because of the games of the bigs and because of how they fit with each other, not necessarily as bad as people are leading it on to be. But also, if it's a disaster, just change it. But I don't know bad at giving it a shot, see what it's like. Yeah, I guess you're right. I think personnel-wise, it's not a very concerning too big look. It's kind of like like I watch my team trot out a true center and Kamwa next to each other, and like that's two bigs, but it doesn't feel like two bigs because Kamwa can do a lot of things, and that's kind of how I feel with Trey Mitchell. Um, so I guess I don't hate it. I think what it comes down to for me is like if you were listing out the guys in terms of how – much positive impact they have for Kentucky is Aaron Bradshaw in the top three or is he like seventh because if if you're going two bigs just to play a big and Bradshaw's your seventh best player on this team I hate that you don't need to do that if yeah, he's actually I, great I, I, do I think he I think he is especially because you got to factor in everything he does like Reed Shepard is probably the most or he is the most impactful two-way player on this team Aaron Bradshaw is probably the second most impactful two-way player on the team. Can we rank all the players real quick? Like, just give me – so you got Reed Shepard, one, Aaron Bradshaw, two. Then who? Then I have uh, Dillingham, Thierro, Reeves, Wagner? I think that would be my order. Dillingham, Thierro, Reeves, Wagner. So you got Wagner sixth on this team. Yeah, I think so. And I think have, maybe I maybe you maybe flip flop him and Reeves, maybe. Dillingham, Fierro, Reeves, Wagner, and you haven't even mentioned Trey Mitchell or Justin Edwards. Oh, my apologies. So I did, I did forget them. That's on me. That's okay. on me. We're gonna need to run this back then. Okay. <laughs> like I as we're doing this exercise, do you realize how good they are? Yeah, they are they they got something. Who's their eighth guy on the like is Antonio Reeves the eighth guy on this team? <laughs> Maybe, but like you could also make an argument that like Rob Dillingham's eighth guy on the team. Like I, I would hear a lot of things. I'd hear a lot of combinations. Or the honestly, it's probably Thierro, but Thierro is a defense plus guy. So like, uh, yeah. They I, got, they, when you look at it, they got a lot of guys that affect the game two ways. Yeah, like Shepard, Shepard, Bradshaw, Edwards lacking a little bit on the 
on the offensive end, but he's you know he can find some things. He's not awful. He's not a complete negative. Uh, so they they got something. Cal's yeah. got something. The the clip that made the headlines tonight was Cal's uh, like I want to play two bigs. But I actually liked a broader quote he had after this in the weekly call in, and he basically said his substitution method with this team. He wants to play seven to eight guys all in the first five minutes. And then those five minutes are your audition. He sees who's playing well that night in those five minutes, and then he adjusts accordingly. I love that. I want more coaches to do this. I want there to be like, uh, like I want to applaud him for that. That's how you handle a team with a lot of talent. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the key word there. Team with a lot of talent, you can do that. Well, yeah, but like it's not – like some coaches plan substitutions it planned to get guys in and out in some stupid ways. Like what I'm hearing from Cal, like, yeah, we're going to play everybody. Everybody knows we're going to play everybody, but like you have to come with it in your first five minutes. Otherwise, like that's, there's an incentive there. Like I want to see that with more programs. Like if my center goes five minutes without a rebound, okay, buddy, like not tonight for you, like go yeah. earn the role. And uh, I think that's fantastic from Cal. So um, we'll see. We'll see where it lands for them. Yeah. Goes both ways in my eyes. Okay. Dependent, it's player, player dependent, I think, on that. But obviously Cal knows his players. I think I'm talking myself into Kentucky heavily. Uh, come, jo- come join me, brethren. Yeah. Like I, I want like a blue-white checkered, like a blanket, you know? If you were a player on Kentucky, this year's Kentucky team, which player would you be? The white guy? Like, You sure? I mean, what type of question is that? Like, you think you're Reed Shepard? No, I don't. I think he's a dangerous animal. I think you'd be Antonio Reeves. Are we, like, my basketball abilities or, like, who I am as a person? Like, A little mixture of both. Um, yeah, I don't probably Reeves. But like, I don't, like I don't you're like telling that. me you wouldn't take classes behind your school's back and and attempt to transfer to another school? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I definitely would. Yeah. You're uh, you're 100 Rob Dillingham. I I pride myself in not crying on this podcast, and I'm not going to do it now. But that's one of the nicest things you ever said to me. That is true. That that is truly one of the nicest things that you ever said to me. And I don't care about anything negative or jazz that you said leading up into this point, whatever episode of Sleepers this is. It is it is okay. Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. Let's end the show with this. It's one big thing presented by Big B. What's your one big thing tonight? Never go full Torres. <laughs> That's all? <laughs> yeah, don't do it. If you're okay. thinking about doing it. Think about this moment when I said never go full Torres. But we get to go full Torres tomorrow, though. Unless there's a 24-hour in advance notice (laughs) and everyone knows that you will be doing it, then you go full Torres. But don't just fire up that Logitech and plug in that blue Yeti and go full Torres. Yeah. Yeah, we had a doctor's note tonight to go Torres. That's good. Okay. Uh, My one big thing is you lied to me tonight in the podcast. I, I know you lied. There was a very specific moment that you lied. I would like to call you out on the lie right now. And I'd like to give you a chance to apologize. Can you tell me what segment it was during? It was early in the show tonight. You lied. You, you 
chose to lie. You you went an unnecessary route towards saying something that was categorically untrue. I I don't have a beer. You don't have a beer. I don't have a beer. You don't have a beer. You know why you don't have a beer? Because you have to go play a men's league game that you care about in about 10 minutes. And you tried to play this off like you had a beer, but you didn't take one sip of your beer the entire episode. Wait, hold on a second. Who do you think you're talking to? I'll go upstairs right now and smack a Miller Lite. But you didn't, though. Like, now now the episode's done. So, okay. I thought, I I mean, we've had a lot of conversations, Card, about how you, you, what did you say this weekend? You haven't lied to me in three months? Yeah. Hmm. Rough, rough ending. All right, good episode. Is it okay if, if? But if I, but if I go drink a beer right now after this, it counts. I don't think it counts. Okay, so it's a lie. Yeah, like you just lied. Like you so, could, I so I start over my counter. Like yeah. tomorrow's day one if I haven't lied to Greg. Yeah, honestly, I need a whiteboard behind me that says how many days since Carter lied to me, and right now it's back at zero. It was at like ninety, which was impressive for you. All right, well, I look forward to getting back after it. Go crazy in men's league. I can't wait for the highlights. Good luck. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.